We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed. Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Friday, January 27th. And what are we talking about? We're not talking about MMA, right? MMA, no more late swap in MMA. Okay, they got rid of it. Six, they had it for six slates. Six slates, they got it. They did so badly with implementing it, they're getting rid of it again. They're going back to the way it normally was. So that'll be good for next week, right? Normally on Fridays we talk about the UFC slate, but we, we have nothing this coming uh, this coming weekend. So just continuing on our trek through DFS strategy topics that you send me. Okay, I'll even put up the banner, right? I'll even do do where where the hell's the there you go on the on the on the bottom, I believe so. Yes, email me questions at theoryofdfs.com. if you want a subject, a topic, a question. For the show, I mean, if you if you're in YouTube chat, you could ask anything you want, right? If you're here live, while while we're talking about stuff, but if you want something covered on the show, email them in questions at theoryofdfs.com. I answer them all. Okay, I typically I'm um, wait for a uh, a bunch of questions on similar subjects to uh, to uh, rack up in my inbox, and then I then I start covering it. So hit that hit that thumbs up button here in the morning, right? Like, subscribe. Email in your questions, questions at theoryofdfs.com. Good morning to Wataz, Kickstart, Defic, My Gostry, Kickstart again. Yeah, they care. Jay Blazing, what up? Right. Daniel Hutchings is here. Did you did you listen? Did you watch the, the last episode on Wednesday? Daniel was on. Nerdy Tanner. Talk about simulations. What are simulations? Is it magic? Is it just magic? If you can't do simulations, you can't play DFS anymore. You can't do it. You don't. You don't. You have no programming experience. You can't. You got. You got to do simulations, or you got to look at simulation outputs, like we have, like Slate IQ here at Roto Grinders. If you're not looking at that stuff, you can't possibly win at DFS. No, obviously that's wrong. But it may be a more precise methodology to solve for certain things. But just like with anything else. You know, data in, data out, garbage in, garbage out. It still still comes down to having good data, good projections, good ownership, right? Which we have here at Roto Grinders. Sign up for Roto Grinders Combo Premium and get all these numbers. You need the numbers. You need the numbers. You need some way of converting player names into numbers. If you don't have that, we got that for you here at Roto Grinders. Click on that link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month. If you listened on that past episode. Nerdy Tenor said you could you could run your own simulations without 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 Excel, right? Without learning Python or R or whatever other programming language. You don't need to have a PhD 
in mathematics or computer science, you can run your own simulations. And I'm not even I'm not even just talking about like the little lineup simulator that we built for Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. I'm talking about you could you could line up HQ, you could run simulations. Did you know that? Did you know you could run simulations with lineup HQ? You could do what the cool kids do? No, not, not exactly. All simulations are, like in the simplest form, is you see this normal distribution? We talk about it all the time, especially for basketball, because NBA players look much more normally distributed in their outcomes. So this median projection, we always talk about what a projection is. Because bad players and players that don't know, they think, oh, 60.87 for Giannis. That's a prediction. That's what's going to happen. No, this is just the 50th percentile outcome, right, between one standard deviation, which is 45 to 78. That's what the floor and the ceiling means. So that's what the median outcome, 60, right, that's 60 points, 45, 60, 78. So basically what that means is on this on this graph, 45 is down here, one standard deviation below. 78, right? That was the uh, one standard deviation above. 60 is right in the middle, right? That's all that, what a projection means. Now, if you just go by the median projection, you're, 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 not, you're not simulating any variance. You're basically saying, I, uh, Giannis is going to put up 60.87 points. When in actuality, that big bulk section over here, this big pinkish peach section, most of his outcomes, 68% of his outcomes, are going to be between 45 and 78. Okay, that, that isn't like a small, a small little, it's not like, oh, it's between 58 and 62. No, 45 and 78. But at 11.5K uh, salary, Giannis put up 45 points, you'd be like, wow, that was a dud. And if you put up 78, you'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm high-fiving high myself, patting myself on the back. But that that should be like the expected. Most of the bulk of the outcomes are in that zone. Very wide, 30, what, a 33-point 33 point range between those two outcomes, with the middle one being 60.87. So what most people do when they go into lineup HQ is that they judge everything solely by these median fantasy points, which at NBA ain't that ain't, ain't that bad, right? It's one thing to go by, but you don't have to go distinctly just on that. Well, then some people go, well, what people? But players have slightly higher ceilings than one another. And if you sort, if you if you run lineups by ceiling projection, you're not going to get much different than the median projection, okay? Because Basketball players are much more normally distributed. But what you could do is you could simulate variance. Variance means that, obviously, all, all these players aren't going to score their median fantasy points, right? But obviously, like, if we if we just ran 20 lineups right, hitting that right now, like the top 20, just by median projection, you're always going to get the same 20, Right? DJ McConnell, Benedict Mathurin, Connor, whatever, whatever we have currently. I mean, nine in the morning. They'll make manual changes. Don't go by these exact lineups, right? This the whole point of this show is not for today's slate. We're just using today's numbers as of ten a.m. to show concepts. So this lineup is two eighty-seven point eight five. This lineup is two eighty-seven point four seven. This lineup is two eighty-six point eleven. And but these are all based on the medians. Okay, what happens if Rudy Gobert, his median we have is 39.58? Well, what happens if he scores 43 points? What happens if he scores 32 points? Those are well within his one standard deviation range of outcomes. We don't know what that's going to be, right? Because everything everything inside this peach, this orangish peach, should be in your mind from a psychological perspective to be an expected outcome. So you don't go on tilt every night. Right? This guy, oh, this guy only scored that many points. The projection was off by 10. Well, was it in, within one standard deviation? Go, yeah, okay. It's well within the margin of error, right? Well within that. So maybe if you're building lineups, maybe you want to simulate that variance. 
And you could do that in lineup HQ. And it's called randomness. Most, but if you, if you, even if you use another optimizer, a lot of times it's called randomness or what we call true range randomness. It's to add variance. So if you use the range of outcomes slider or number, you can even do it on the team level. We won't talk necessarily about that today. But if I add like 10% randomness, right? I don't like the term, tr- truthfully, I don't like the term random, randomness. I, pr- I, I, don't barely, I wouldn't even want to use the term variance because it just, it, if you don't know what, what it actually does, it makes it appear like some people, oh, you can add random, just random, just random. It's just going to do it randomly. Just random everything. So people ask, it's like, what, like, why do, why do I want just random stuff to happen? Like, no, no, it's, it's still within the range of outcomes of the players. So when it says randomness, it just means adding variance. And then once you say, once you use variance, then people are like, well, I want to have the most amount of variance for GPPs. Let me put it on a hundred percent. Right. And then at that point, it's almost like, what's the point of the projections? That's why I like range of outcomes, like ROO percentage. So if you put it on 10%, 10% randomness, what that means with the true range randomness, that means someone like Giannis, it's going to go 10% of the way towards the floor and 10% of the way towards the ceiling. Okay. So the difference between the floor and the median is what, like 15 points? So it's going to go 1.5 points in one direction. And the ceiling is what, 18 points away? And 1.8 points towards the ceiling direction. So you're going to get something like every time it runs a lineup, it's not going to run it as 60.87. It's going to run it as like 58.5 to anywhere between 58.5 to 62. Three or something, right? 1.8, 62.8, something like that, right? Between those two. And it's going to do that for every player. So 10% of the way each towards the floor and towards the ceiling to add a little bit of variance, just to add a little bit. Now, obviously, if you're playing like cash games, head-to-heads, double-ups, like you don't, you don't want to sim, do you need, do you need variance? Right? Do you want to simulate variance? But even if we add just 10 percentage points of variance, like a lot of people like will go and play like a like I I've explained this before about cash lineups are not that different from one another. So let's say we just go top the top five lineups with no randomness. Right? Okay, so what's the what's the top lineup? Right? McConnell Mathur, you know, let's Connell, Mathurin, Connington, Giannis, Gobert, Russell, Wiggins, Aaron Wiggins, and Jared Allen. But if I add just 10% of randomness, right, and run it again, right, you get McConnell, Edwards, Connington, McDaniels, Gobert, Russell, Mobley, Allen as the highest lineup, right? 10% in each direction. So we take these two lineups, like just adding 10%, which isn't that much. To give you a dramatically different lineup, right? This one has Jaden McDaniels in it. I mean, it's also Gobert, Russell, McConnell, Allen. But it's a 4v4. So adding, adding just 10 percentage points, 10%, which is very small. Amount of randomness, just a little bit of a little bit of variance. The difference between these two lineups is is, is marginal. Yet so many people will go into be ten minutes before lock and go, do I play this guy or that guy? Do I play? Do I play Edwards? Do I play a Giannis lineup? Do I do this two v two? Once you smack 10 percentage points of variance, which is nothing, which is barely anything. The difference between those two V2s are pointless. Pointless. Either. They're fine. Both are fine. 
the same thing applies for GPPs. So let's let's do this for for GPPs. Right? Obviously you have to weigh ownership into everything. But let's say you were going to build let's just, let's build 100 just for time purposes. Okay, so let's say we were to build 100 lineups with no with no randomness, no randomness whatsoever. Let's see who comes up, you know, in a lot of lineups for the 100. A lot of this episode is me explaining not how to use randomness as a way to build better lineups because it's not. not, There's no strategy to randomness. It's like if you you want to add more variance into your portfolio set so you're not tied specifically to median projections, this is one way of doing so. Does it make it the correct way of doing so? You may still have horrible lineups because you can build horrible lineups with the medium projections also. It's more to show that how much var- how much variance there is in DFS. And once you add even a semblance of variance, the difference between players gets more marginal and marginal. I think that's the central theme of kind of the show in the morning to get you away from thinking about DFS as players, that it's more about lineups. You know, the the eight players that are in the lineup are just, what does it matter? You care about lineups, not players. Okay. So we ran a hundred, no randomness, right? Just a unique player. One, right. So we got a lot of Gobert, Russell, McConnell, Connington, Allen, Aaron Wiggins, Giannis Edwards, right? And these percentages, I guess. Let's say we add 10% randomness, which is not much. Let's run 100 again. Let's see how different the build is. The lineups could look. Obviously, every time you run 100 set with 10% randomness, you're going to get different lineups. Because it's randomly going 10% in each direction every time it builds a lineup. So if we if we ran this 100 again with 10% randomness, we're going to get a different 100 lineups. So here we go. Gobert. So you're going to still get a lot of, like, look, Gobert, Connington, Russell, McConnell, Allen, Aaron Wiggins, Giannis, Edwards. But if you look down here, you're going to get a lot more. See, look, a 1, 1, 1, 1, a lot, a lot more variability on the bottom. here. You get some, right, down here. Okay. So Connington is 77% in second build. Only, seven, well, 78%. A little bit more condensed. Let's add, let's let's up it a little bit more. Let's up it to 20% randomness. Run 100. So we're going to keep on going. We're going to go 20. We're going to go, we're going to go 30, 40. So this is 20% randomness, which obviously you could run multiple times. It'll always be different. Okay, with 20% randomness, we're still getting most of the, the top players. We're getting now we're starting to get less of Edwards, it seems like. Edwards is going down. Yeah, it's 51, 52. Kyle Anderson, Joe Ingalls, John Morant, Evan Mobley. We get we're starting to get less of Gobert. I mean, the best medium projected plays are going to start going down. Right, Russell seventy five. This is Russell seventy nine. So let's 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 go to let's go to forty now. Let's let's go let's go to thirty five. Let's go right in the middle because I want to go to fifty next. We're going to run into thirty five percent randomness. Let's see what comes up. Okay. Right now, look at the, now we're getting, now we're getting into much more even territory, right? Gobert, 54%. Allen, 52%. Connaughton, 51%. Russell, 50%. Aaron Wiggins, 45 Edwards, 38 Giannis, 37 And then we're, now we're getting Xavier Tillman. We're getting much less of McConnell. And then we're getting a lot more of like, we're getting 15, you know, Jimmy Butler, 21%. Clay Thompson, 21%. Aaron Neesmith, 22%. We get Joe Ingles, Darius Garland, Fred 
Van Vliet, we're getting a lot more of these types of people, right? Because you're not tied to median projections. It's going 35% of the way for every player, every single lineup it builds, right? So we look, we got Markel Fultz in this lineup, right? This top lineup, this top lineup has Xavier Tillman and Markel Fultz in it. Now let's say we'd bump it up even further to 50% randomness. Hold 100 like that. So it's going, what it's doing, remember, it's going 50% of the way down and 50% of the way up inside of this one standard deviation zone. Well, it's technically two standard deviations, right? Plus and minus one standard deviation. Okay. Run some more. I mean, obviously, that's still the best projected plays you're going to see. You're going to see more of, right? Because if it's going up or down, those things, their distribution is slightly higher than others. But once we get up to like 50% randomness, I mean, you just you look look how much diversity you're getting. You're getting, here's a Fred Van Vliet lineup and a Neesmith lineup. Right, the top line, the top lineup has BAM in it. We weren't even talking about where, where the hell's Bam? Bam Adebayo is only coming up 10% of the time, but he's in this top lineup. John Moran, Brandon Clark, Fred Van Vliet, Aaron Neesmith, Joe Ingles, Clay Thompson's up here. Chris Boucher is in this lineup. I mean, like, once you start adding... Once you actually add re- realistic variance to your lineups, you see that, hey, a lot of things could happen. Let's say we bump it up to 75%. I'm not saying you should, but 75% randomness. Let's see what happens. Let's see. Let's see what types of players. We're still pro- Remember, because the medians are higher, you're still probably going to get more of the high projected median players, but you're just, it's not going to be overwhelming. Right. Look at this. Look, the top of Gobert is only 39% Gobert, 37% Russell. You're getting a much more mix of all these players because it's randomly going 75% of the way inside their one standard deviation outcome range. I would have been on a hundred, hundred percent, hundred percent range of outcomes, which hundred percent would mean all of the peach, all of it. I want I want to simulate the variance of all of the peach area, all of the plus and minus one standard deviation. Play 100 lineups. Remember, those are the most expected outcomes. Giannis between 45 and 78. That's what a projection is. So we just take all of those outcomes, just literally all of them. Right? You just get a mix of every. I mean, look, Paolo Benchero starts coming up a lot. Gary Trent, Jordan Poole. I mean, look how many players could there could be in your lineups. Look at the top lineup with 100% randomness. Darius Garland, Isaiah Joe, Aaron Wiggins, Clay Thompson, right? No, no D'Angelo Russell anymore, right? Here's a Jalen Noel, Jaden McDaniels lineup with Darius Garland and this one has McConnell in it. Still Gobert in it. Buddy Heald is in this line. A Buddy Heald, Markel Fultz lineup with Xavier Tillman in it. Grayson Allen, Jimmy Butler. Right? You, you take a look at some of these lineups. Here's a Jaron Jackson Jr.'s in this one. Here's Donovan Mitchell's in one. Here's there's a 10% owned Donovan Mitchell. So once you take into account all of the outcomes inside of plus or minus one standard deviation, which in your head psychologically should be, oh, those are like the accepted range, the expected range of, of outcomes I should I should predict on this slate. Once you do that, once you say, I'm going to take advantage and take into account the most expected outcomes, which is the 68% of outcomes that are inside plus or minus one standard deviation on this distribution curve. Once you do that, 
Do you see how how many different players you could play? There's a Gary Harris lineup right here. Let's take a look at a Gary Harris, but at 2%. You want to play that? Well, here you go. Right? Once you add variance, once you add, I mean, there's 100% variance is a lot, but when you start adding variance, you see that the differences between the lineups get even more marginal and marginal. That you could find nearly any player that you could, that in the player pool, you want to play Zaire Williams today at 1%? It's probably a lineup that there's probably lineups that are plus EV with it. Once you account for variance. Now, obviously a hundred percent variance, maybe, maybe a little too, too much, but let's say, let's say just even like 25%, right? Which is what? 25% of the way down and 25% of the way up, which isn't even that much. 25% isn't that much more than 10%, but. Once you do that, let's say let's let's run three hundred lineups. I'll let it run, and then I'll answer questions in the YouTube chat. So if you got any questions, type them in. Hit that thumbs up button. So if it, obviously, if you're building a portfolio of lineups and you want some way of diversifying your portfolio in a way that doesn't involve you, like kind of like choosing what to do. You could you could add you could add randomness. Yes. Simulating variance. That is, that's all it's doing. Now, obviously, in other sports that may have correlation implications, relying heavily on randomness, simply using lineup HQ may not be not be necessarily the greatest. That's what team level randomness is more like for baseball. More likely to use team level randomness than individual randomness. Like I said, this is not. There's no. There's, oh, what's the correct number? If you if you're coming into this episode going, well, what's the correct number to use? Then you, you then you have not gotten the point of this episode. So should I be doing it? Or should I not be doing it? If you're asking that question, you have not gotten the point of this episode. So if we introduce twenty five percent randomness. We could see that we we still have a Zaire Williams lineup out of three hundred. The top three hundred lineups with just twenty five percent randomness, you're still gonna get plenty of Gobert, right? Plenty of Gobert, plenty of Jared Allen, plenty of D'Angelo Russell or T.J. McConnell. But you could go down over here and go, hey, well, here's an Austin Rivers lineup out of the top three hundred. Here's a Brook Lopez lineup. Here's a Scotty Barnes lineup. Pascal Siakam's in in four lineups. Kenridge Williams is in 10 lineups. Desmond Baines is in 14 lineups. Darius Garland's in 10% of lineups. Right? Look how, look how many people are in lineups. This is just the top 300. If you're playing large field, you could, you could make 3,000 of these. 6,000 of these. And find lineups inside of the top 5,000 lineups to play in large field GPP. Once you get to lineup 5,000, you're using almost every player in the player pool that has some of the, that some minute projection that's worth playing, not the three minute projected players, but someone that's going to play at least. Do you get the point now? Once you add 25% randomness, which isn't that much. The grand scheme of things, real life is more, there's more randomness in real life and real basketball than there is even 25% in one direction or the other. Chris Galligan says, it's interesting to see players with 15% projected own, but only one of two lineups out of 300, they show up. How would you analyze that? You'd analyze saying that they're over-owned. Or the ownership projection is wrong, then you change it. But let me tell you, if you aggregate projections and you run 300 lineups with like almost no, with maybe a little randomness or no random, doesn't matter. If, if a guy is coming in at like, oh, he's he's showing up in 68% of the top 300 lineups and he's only going to be 2% owned. 
He's not going to be 2% owned. Okay? He's not going to be 2% owned. You know why? Because people will look and say, wow, this guy is coming up in 68% of my lineups, and he's only going to be 2%. He's not going to be. I'm going to play more of that guy. People that use optimizers, especially when people, half the people that use projections and optimizers don't even use them correctly. They're going to be getting a lot of that guy. So if it says 2%, it's not 2%. It's going to be 12%, 15%, or whatever. And you know what you do? You change the number. When I say that I change ownership projections, you, you, we're talking about why I do change them. I see people coming up way too high that project owned to be too low, then they're going to be higher. Guys that are projected higher that don't barely come in, they're going to be lower owned. A lot of times the highest projected players actually come in higher on than they should. Than, than what is projected, like Gobert. Like, it's quite possible that I would change that ownership to, like, 50 from 37.65. Or D'Angelo Russell at 35 or something. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm going to be, I'm not, I can't judge it now. I'm not playing NBA DFS, and I have no idea what's going on to, on today's slate. And there's tons of Q tags and injuries or whatever. But that's why I run lineups. That's why do you think I run lineups? I use lineup HQ to run lineups, not to choose to even choose the lineups. Saying what 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 types of players, what players are going to be coming up in lineups more often than others. And then compare that to ownership. That's what you're doing in GPP. But but you're still missing the point of this episode. This may be the most important episode if you're a GPP player that you could ever watch. Okay? If you want to be good at GPPs, this episode is the most important by far of any episode that you will ever watch in the history of daily fantasy sports. If you actually understand the point of this episode. Once I add, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to repeat the sentence that I said before. Once I add 25% randomness, which is still quite small in the scope of what real-life NBA players do, once you add 25% randomness to a set of projections, the top 300 lineups, top 300 lineups, which is like... You wouldn't even play any of the top 300 in large field GPP. Like they would be too chalky. They would be too high projected and too high owned. The top 300 in a large field GPP, way, way too high owned. Okay. So this is the top 300. So these are lineups that you wouldn't even play. Once you add 25% randomness, there are 52 available players that fit into lineups. And include guys like Zaire Williams and Austin Rivers and Gary Harris and Jalen Noel and some guys that you'd look at and go that are that are going to be single digit owned and who knows Gary Trent Jr. at eight percent or whatever. I mean, not like absurdly low owned, but I mean, just like whatever. And I throw out all these. And if I'm playing large field GPP, I throw out all these. I literally throw all these lineups out. Yeah, I'm getting down to lineups that have Kyle Lowry and Zaire Williams and Gary Harris and going, well, they're, they're, they're still too high, high, high. They're still too high owned, right? If I had 25% randomness, which is still much lower than what real-life NBA players' actual variance is. Why, is, why am I repeating this numerous times? Why am I saying that this may be the single most important episode to actually understand if you're going to play GPPs in daily fantasy sports. Let me repeat it again. Type it in the chat if you under if you understand the point that I'm trying to make. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Put it in the chat. I want to repeat. Once you add 25% variance, which is still way smaller than how real-life NBA players' actual outcomes are, just 25%, that's it. Once you add 25% and then run the top 300 lineups, which are lineups that are still too chalky for large field GPPs, typically, right? You get on a what? What? what how, many, how many games are on actually on this? This is a small slate. One, two, three, four, five. This is a small slate. This would be much more ridiculous if this was like a ten or eleven game slate. It's a, it's a, it's a five game slate. It's literally a five game slate. And I'm telling you that if you add just twenty five percent randomness on a five game slate. There are 52 players that if you told me I have this guy in my lineup, you can build a plus EV line. You can build a lineup that actually you would want to make even more contrarian. 52 players on a five-game slate. You're gonna you're gonna later today on crunch time, people are gonna talk about do I play Gobert? I mean, obviously, this is the Q tag. I'm maybe he's gonna be out. People, do I play Gobert or Allen? Do I play, can I Can I play Buddy Heald tonight? Can I, they're going to start mentioning, you know, uh, I'm going to play Pascal Siakam in the lineup. Can I do that? How about Dylan Brooks and Franz Wagner? You're going to hear that on crunch time. But when you add 25% randomness and run 300 lineups, the top 300, I run 100 lineups. You get 52 different players that appear in lineups that would be in the top 300 of lineups that you could play. The large field GPP probably has 30,000 lineups in it. Okay? So imagine running more than 300. Imagine running 3,000. Right? The the 3,000th lineup would probably still be fine and be plus EV in today's large field GPP. What players would be in that lineup? Nearly anyone on the slate. Okay? That has any type of minute projection. That isn't like two minutes. Okay? I'm going to highlight this. I'm repeating this numerous times because that's how important this concept is. If you're a GPP player. Okay? I'm waiting for someone in chat to... To, to highlight what is the point that I'm trying to make. And I'm going to repeat it again because it is this important. Once you add 25% variance, which in reality should be much higher, but once you add just 25%, there are 52 players on a five game NBA slate that appear in the top 300 lineups, all 300 of which you would X out before even playing in a GPP. So imagine past the 300. If we ran more, if we were able to run 3,000 lineups, how many players would be in those lineups? Probably 85. It's a five-game slate. I mean, there's only 10 teams on the slate. 
There's only five starters on those teams, right? That, that we're talking, to, and then plus like three, you know, three people that get some time, four people. Let's say there's ten. There's a rotation of ten. There's a hundred players that are going to get into rotation today. If you ran three thousand lineups, you'd get like eighty-five of them. Just with 25% randomness. Just with 25% random. That's it. Just with 25% randomness. You would get in the top 3,000 lineups, every player with a minutes per track. Okay. So what is the point? Why am I saying this? Over and over and over and over again. It is the single most important concept in daily fantasy sports for GPPs. There's no other concept. It's this concept, and then you go into the center of the earth before you get to the next one. So think to yourself. If you add 25% randomness to a set of projections, and you and you could get in the top 1,000 lineups, Every player in the player pool with the minutes projections. Okay. What what are your opponents going to be doing? What are a bulk of your opponents going, going to be doing? They're going to be going to projections and go, well, I got to play Gobert and I got to play Aaron Wiggins. I got to play TJ McCall. I got, they're going to, they're going to do stuff like that. They're going to look at players. They're going to continually look at players, 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 players. Who's a better play? Is Aaron Wiggins a better play than Xavier Tillman today? That's what they're going to be doing. You're not going to do that. You know why? Because you know that those questions don't matter. Because once you put 25% variance, which is still much smaller than real-life NBA player outcomes, once you just take, I'm going to take a little variant, a little box of variance, a little 25% variance, and I'm just going to go poof. On today's slate, that there's like, there are plenty of non-Gobert lineups to play. There are plenty of non-Connington lineups. There are plenty of lineups with neither of these. Go through 3,000 lineups and you can find every type of lineup. Lineups that that have Anthony Edwards, but don't have TJ McConnell. That have Jared Allen, but don't have John Morant. There are some lineups that have Miles Turner. You want to play Miles Turner? Well, I got some lineups for you for that. Do you want to play Franz Wagner? Do you want to play Ken Richmond? Dude, there's, there's lineups that ev- any player. There are lineups with every player in it. Are you, are you going to be playing a mix of higher projected median plays? Yeah, sure. You're not going to be fading all of them, right? But what mix can you play? Whatever play, whatever mix you want. When you smack 25% variance on a set of projections, you know what ends up happening? The outcomes that people expect, like they're expecting, remember, very beginning of this episode, the number one thing that people get wrong about projections is thinking that this FPTS column is a prediction when it's just a 50th percentile outcome. So you're going to get most of your opponents, the bad players, even some of the good ones, right, above average ones, are going to be making their lineups as if this median is a prediction. They go, I got to play this guy over that guy. I got to play this guy. This guy projects for two points higher than that guy. Two points? Oh, my God. One basket. One basket. I'm going to play. I'm going to play 60% of this guy because he's two two points more than the other guy because of a bat, one one field goal. One shot going in. That's it. Vastly, I'm going to build vastly different lineups because of one one basket. This guy is projected for one and a half points higher than this other guy. I'm going to play a lot of that guy, but not a not a lot of this other guy. And I'd look at them and go, "You're making that decision off of one rebound, right? One assist." Well, I'm gonna play I'm gonna play this guy, this center over that center, because this center projects for one and a quarter points more. It's one rebound, dude. It's one rebound. 
Do you know how many rebounds are going to be happening today between these two centers or whatever? This guy's projected for for eight rebounds. This one's projected for nine rebounds as a median. Would you be shocked if it goes the other way, nine to eight? No, you wouldn't be shocked? Then why are you building your lineups as if that one rebound matters so much? It's one and a quarter points. It's a rebound. Once you put 25% variance, even on the rebounds, there'll be plus or minus two or three rebounds. One guy has 11 rebounds. One guy has seven. Then another out, similar outcome. One guy had the other guy has eleven, and the other guy has seven. That's why this is the most important concept in DFS when it comes to GPPs. Once you put twenty five percent randomness, what? Why? Why should one similarly projected guy be like twice as owned as another guy? Right, if we take a look at like just even a price, like on this slate. If you had a choice between uh my monitor keeps on going in and out. If you had a choice between Drew Holiday and Donovan Mitchell. Right. Well, these aren't gonna be that much, right? Donovan Mitchell, 41.31, Drew Holiday, 41.72. A little bit cheaper. Right then, we got look 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 at all this range. Look look at this range right here: Mitchell, Holiday, Adebayo, Garland, Van Vliet. We look at the median projection. Like Bam is like a little bit higher, forty two point seven nine. So people are going to go, "Well, I got to play Bam. Bam is the best play out of these one, two, three. Out of these five plays, who's the best play? Who's the best play? He is a slightly he's a slightly higher ceiling, right, by a point, barely a point." So if I had to choose between Mitchell, Holiday, Bam, Garland, Van Vliet. If we played this out a million, if I was able to play a million slates, Bam would be slightly better. Slightly. Just very slightly. Oh, so I play a lot of Bam. Like, that's that's how bad players think. Once you put 25% variance, none of this matters. All these guys have the same. What does it matter? Mitchell, Holiday, Adebayo, Garland, Van Vliet. Close your eyes and pick one. Now, once you relate it to ownership, right? You told me one was way higher owned than the other one. Out of the five, I'd say, well, play the one that's lower owned. But do you think Drew Holiday's going to have a good game today? I have no idea. We have the numbers here. If it ends up tonight that Darius Garland, right? If it ends up being Darius Garland is projected to be 10% owned and Fred Van Vliet's going to be 27% owned. Like that makes no sense. Then play Garland, play the lower owned one. Yeah, but what happens if Fred Van Vliet has one? He, Fred Van Vliet has, has a point and a half higher projection, Jordan. Fred Van Vliet, maybe when they do redo the minutes, they, Fred Van Vliet has a point and a half higher projection than Darius Garland. That's one assist. In 48 minutes of, NBA game time. Why should the guys be twice, three times higher on than the other guy off of one assist? Once you add 25% variance to everything, the difference between players that are like within like three points projected of each other are like the same. Four points projected of each other, the same. Lineups. Lineups that are within 10 points projected in total to each other. Are kind of in the same range, kind of in the same. Okay. Yet they're going to be owned vastly differently. You know why? Because people are looking at median projections and thinking that's gospel. Well, this lineup projects for 285, and this lineup projects for 283. Got to play the 285 lineup. If you're using no randomness, that's two point. You're talking about like, you're talking about a field a bu- between eight of your players, one of them getting an extra bucket. That's it. Between eight of your players, not one play, eight of your players. Can you never envision that happening? Of course you envision it happening. I mean, come on. So you're gonna look at two lineups and be like, oh, one's two points higher than the other. Like, does this have any variance included into it? No. So I'm gonna tell you that they're the same lineup. 
Yeah, but it's two points. It's a basket, people. It's a it's a basket. The point of this episode is not to show you, like, well, does two points matter? Does two points two points matter? You're getting the wrong thing out of it. The macro concept of there's a lot of variance, way more than whatever you think of variance in, in any sport. And basketball has the lowest variance. Whatever variance you think of that there is in basketball, in your head, okay? Whatever amount of variance, baseball, football, anything, any type of DFS, whatever you think there is, and you may think there's a lot of, lot of variance, up that by easily 50. Whatever you think there is is 50 times more than that. Is there in actuality? I don't know. But in your head, think that way. That these numbers could be off, acceptably off, by 25%. Okay? So Giannis could be off today by 25%, which is what... Instead of 60, it's now somewhere between 54 and 68. Does that change it? Now, 54 to 68, they'll go down to other people. Someone with a 30-point projection, that 24 to 36. It's like, well, if Gary Trey could give me 36, then I'd be great. Okay, then play him. Well, what if he only scores 24? Well, that's acceptable also. I mean, like, welcome to variance. The main difference is that your opponents don't think that way. Most of them don't. Most of them are just going based on this median number. So the ownership on the high median players are going to be much higher. Which means there's going to be an edge for you to actually approach the game from a point that the difference between two points of projection is not much. That you're not, you're not, on crunch time tonight, do I play Jabba Rant or Steph Curry or any of those types of questions? Especially if it's GPP, especially GPPs, because, dude, the whole point is to add variance. The whole point is to leverage off of ownership. Daniel Hutchings says, the more you wait median projections, the more you are hoping for a low variant slate. But when too many people do this, which they usually do, it becomes negative EV. That's correct. How do we make money in DFS? Where does the money come from? The GPPs, it comes from two different types of lineups. One is an extremely too low projected lineup. And there are less and less of those as the days goes by, right? As the years go by. Lineups that have, you know, guys that, that they're playing a guy that's out. Right? Guys, lineups that are 50 points low, too low projected. Like really bad lineups. The other type of lineup that we make money from are the lineups that are too high owned for their projection. We get we're getting more and more of those. So if you're just going to build just based on median projection, you're going to be one of those people. But most people don't do that because they can't get it out of their head that that player outcomes look like this. Okay? You can conceptually understand that a player's outcomes, that the projections look like this. You won't get caught up on who's who did this guy's at 47 and that guy's at 51. Now, obviously, 51's better than 47. I'm gonna I'm just gonna X out one and play the other. No, four points is what? It's a three-pointer. I mean, like it's a rebound and an assist. It's not it's not that much different. So if one if the guy at 51 points. 32% owned, and the guy at 47 points is 8% owned. I'm telling you, the difference between 51 and 47. Once you add 25% variance, isn't that different? So why wouldn't you play the guy that's four times less owned? 
instead in that given lineup. And once you think that way, you could build you could build a lineup with dude, I could just pick a player. You wanna you want a Josh Giddy lineup? I could, we could play a Josh Giddy lineup. Right? We could play an OG Ananobi lineup. Do you think OG Ananobi is a good play today? I have no idea. All I know is that based on that ownership and that projection, and once you introduce variance, you, I, I could build a lineup around anyone. When people ask me. Who are you playing today? Who are you playing today? You know what I say? I don't know. But you could play whoever you want. Because you can. Play whoever you want. The GPPs. Once you understand what variance is, what an, a, pro, a projection actually is, what a distribution actually is of player outcomes, you don't get tied into player versus player, 1v1, any any of that type of thing. Look, we showed it by building 300 lineups with 25% randomness in lineup HQ. 52 players came up in the top 300 lineups. You said, okay, I'm going to play the 287th line. Fine, then you're done. Who's in that lineup? Doesn't matter? No, it doesn't. Right? It doesn't matter. Is the lineup good enough? Yes. Okay. Who's in that lineup? I have no idea. I don't need to see the players. I don't need to see the players. I just need to see the numbers. That's why I say this is the most important episode. If you're playing GPPs and DFS. To truly understand how much variance there is in this game. Most of the field does not. They tilt because of it, right? They tell like, oh, Luca got injured. Why didn't Luca get injured last night or something? Welcome to randomness. I mean, not necessarily predicting injuries or anything. That's well within the range of outcomes. If Giannis tonight puts up 45 points or puts up 78 points, your reaction, your emotional reaction should be the same. That's within one standard deviation. If Gobert puts up anywhere between 25 and 56 points tonight, your reaction should be no no different. We only put up 25. What a bad projection. No, it's literally in the... 25 points is in the range of outcomes. 25 to 56, that's what the projection is. But it says 39.58. Yeah, that's a 50th percentile. Between 25 and 56 in the one standard deviation zone. So if you're playing GPPs and everyone is thinking, Gobert's going to smash, Gobert's going to smash, and he's 7 million percent owned, maybe it's less worth it to play him. I'll play someone else instead. Who do I play? Or whoever I want. To build a lineup without them. But this guy projects for X point. Like, it's just a range of outcomes. And not considering any variance whatsoever. But even including 25% variance, which is still way lower than what real life basketball is. Even just 25% makes it so that you can pretty much play anyone you want. So when you're going into a slate to build GPP lineups, always think of that. Who do I X out? Well, you don't have to X out anyone. Who do I lock in? You can lock in anyone. What player should I play? Well, it depends on the lineup. Is this guy a good play? Well, it depends on the lineup. Is this guy good at this ownership? This guy's over-owned. Can I play them in the lineup? Of course you can. You have to make up the over-ownership in other ways. Yeah, but you can. This guy's under-owned. Can I play this guy in the lineup? Yeah, you can play that guy with the chalk guy in your lineup at a high projected rate. And they then they keep on asking me questions of well how about how about this guy and that guy you could you could do that can I play this guy and this guy together yeah yeah you can do that also say so can I play this guy do I have to group out these two people well you could but there are outcomes where both of them get there right so you could play them in the lineup together you could play them apart you could do that too 
Can I play? Can I play four guys from the same team? Yeah, you can. There are outcomes where that where that that is optimal. Not as many of them, but I mean, you can do that. How about two guys from one side of the game and two guys from the other? Oh, okay, you can do that. That's a little bit positively correlated. So it happened if they're the same position. Yeah, you that there are outcomes where that happens also. Right? They keep on asking me these questions, right? Not getting the point. You can do that too. Yeah, you can do that. Oh, yeah, you can do that also. And you can do it's like like Jordan. It seems like you're telling me that you that there's all these options and you could do any of them. And I go, yeah, you can. Because you because you can. Absolutely you can. You can find lineups with those outcomes that are plus EV. Some of those outcomes are less likely, which means there are less plus EV lineups that have those, but it doesn't mean you can't find them. There's some there's some lineup that's plus EV that of one of these games going to double overtime. How many of those lineups are there? Not many, but there are. They do exist. That the Orlando Miami game goes to overtime. The lowest total on the slate. Are there a hundred of them? Probably not, but I mean, there's some. So you could build all those types of lineups. And once you get down to the lineup level, you could feel free to build whatever lineups you want, as long as they're plus EV. Are they too high owned for their projection? Don't play them. Are they are they way too low owned, way too low projected for the contest? Well, don't play those. Anything in the middle, you're pretty much good. And where you where you draw those lines is your judgment. We showed this on the show before: projection versus ownership. That balance. Cut out the lowest projected lineups. Cut, cut out the highest projected line, the highest owned lineups. Then find where that line is. Like, oh, okay, I think the line is like around here between these two. Okay, those are where the lineups lie. Any lineups that are in this zone, any lineup, any lineups. I'm going to yell at you. Any lineups that are in this zone are probably fine. And in that zone, you'll probably find on this on this slide, 74 different players. You want to play Zaire Williams today? There's going to be a lineup in that zone that has Zaire Williams in. So for, for some reason, you wanted to play him? Fine. You didn't care. if you, Inside the zone, you're like, I'm going to pick 50 lineups inside the zone randomly. You can do that too. You don't even know who you play at that point. That's what randomness is. You could use randomness in lineup HQ to simulate that, but... I didn't want to get to like, well, how much randomness do you use for this type of thing? Like, there's no correct answer to any of this. I want to use this function to show that once you introduce just even some light randomness, that the variance of DFS, the variance of sp- the sport and lineups is so wide that it ends up being that there are tons, you could play, you could essentially play whoever you want. That's the whole point of the play wherever you want. That's what that's what it means. That, that this is literally what it means. It's a nice little like, catchphrase type of like, yeah, play wherever you want. That I used to say when I was you know doing on shows to, at Roto Grinders three years ago, right? I'd be on Crunch Time or Grinders Live. Can I play this? Can I play that? Can, you can play wherever you want. People get upset. What do you mean play over? I'm, I'm coming to you for advice. Should I play this guy or this guy? Well, whoever you want, wherever you feel like. Because I don't know what's going to, I don't know what's going to happen tonight. All I know is here's the range of outcomes, right? This one has a slightly higher range of outcomes. Oh, slightly higher means better. No, it just means slightly more probable, but if they're going to be even more owned, then I'd rather play the other guy, right? Once you add all these variables in, you can, it ends up being that you could play Virtually any player in any lineup, and it would they, you could find a plus EV lineup with them. But that's the main that's the main hurdle that pe- that that people have in playing DFS, not understanding the game that they're playing. That's why you go get the uh, theory of daily fantasy sports for the how to think like a professional DFS player. Fifteen hour audio DFS masterclass. 
theoryofdfs.com, and obviously the advanced courses there with the custom Excel tools. But that's what the first course is for, the 15-hour first course. To get you thinking like a professional DFS player. To get you out of the mindset of 1v1s and 2v2s and what the game is really about. How to think probabilistically. What projections actually are. Stuff like this. Then you'll see that once you, once you, once you finally, once you finally clicks, you'll realize that 98% of the questions you ever asked in the past, you're like, wow, how dumb was I? And this is part, this is part of it. That's why I wanted to bring up randomness as, you know, like nerdy tenor said about, you know, using it as simulations. Like, yes, you could use it to simulate variance in, in a, in a lineup set if you'd like. I think it's a more important point that I used it to show that once you simulate variants, you see that there's hundreds upon hundreds of lineups that are virtually the same to each other. You go, well, do I play this guy or that guy? This 2v2 or that 2v2? You're spending all your time on, on stuff that doesn't matter. You could build 100 lineups and then randomly select 20 of them. That's fine. Unless you're doing anything for diversification purposes. Once you get in that zone of like what lineups I could play. Like, oh, I could only play one. I'll randomly select one. Well, which one would you suggest? Any one. Well, I want to play this one with Anthony Edward. Okay, then, then fine. Then do it. Is that good? No, it's neither good nor bad. The woman there's like, what's your purpose on shows then? I don't know. I don't know what my purpose on shows are. Do I play this guy or that guy? That's not my purpose. Because it's not how you play DFS. So if you have any further questions, like to submit them for the show, you can email them in. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. You get the the courses, theoryofdfs.com. And obviously, if you want our NBA projections, one of the best in the business, where we have a whole projections team. That works all day because we obviously with the injury report and who's in and who's out, they're usually working all day. Go sign up for Roto Grinders. Get a combo premium package. Get all the sports. Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. And uh, we got uh, Grinders Live later today for NBA crunch time. We've got PGA. P- well, PGA already started, but we've got PGA stuff. NFL playoff content. We got that. We got that. We got the expert survey. We got premium stuff, premium shows, stuff on this channel. Subscribe, like, hit the thummy thumbs on your way out the door, and uh, have a good weekend. And I'll be back on Monday answering your DFS strategy questions like I always do here on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.